Bible says the message of the cross is foolishness. 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 Foolishness to those that are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. What's up, you guys? Hope you are doing amazing. This is Brian Sumner welcoming you to the Foolishness Podcast. And can I just say from the start that it is a privilege to put these shows out. We are on episode 13 this week, and I've been getting so many messages and interactions saying how the testimonies and stories, and most importantly, God's Word has been encouraging, helping some of you in your battles and your faith. And today I want to continue down this path. The goal, of course, always is to bring relevant interactions that help all of us through our walks with Christ. And it's for this reason I've invited two of my good friends to join us today, Justin Unger and Josh James. And the reason I want these guys to come in is because both of them are worship leaders. They've been worshiping for many years and they recently launched out to begin a ministry called Likewise Worship Collective. I've done many things with these men. It's been powerful. They're encouraging people who've gone through things within the church, who are eager to launch out and do their own ministry, and are just trying to use that gift of music to reach the masses or wherever God would serve them. So guys, is that correct? That's, That's what right. Likewise is. How are you guys doing? Doing good, man. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thanks. You're looking pretty teary-eyed over there. What's going on? <laughs> yeah, I don't do well with short-haired animals. We just had a time of prayer, and we were all wondering if uh, the prayers were so powerful that Justin was in tears, but apparently he's allergic to uh, my two pugs that are running around the room right now. So what? You're out here from Arizona. Yep, Arizona. And this is Josh James. Hello, everyone. And then Justin Unger. Yep, right out here from about four blocks away. Four blocks from me. And Justin's been a friend of mine for a long time. For my friend Mario back in Arizona who put events on, we did some ministry. Justin is a tremendous worship leader. And they bounced out here about, what, two years ago? And now you guys are surfing, serving in different churches, just living the Cali life. But uh, the reason I want these guys on is because Christianity is such a blessing, but we can also face so many struggles at times. And I believe that they launched a ministry just a few years ago that is, I've seen it bless so many people, young people who came to faith, can play instruments, sing, want to serve God, but trying to find their path maybe fell off or got distracted or didn't know what their call was. And you guys really have partnered in this ministry with a few of the friends of ours. And the goal is, what would you say? I think the goal is to to be real about what we're doing. I think in our culture, it's easy for um, worshiping to and, and worship leading to be this thing that's a performance, mm-hmm. and then we show up and we do our thing, and we're disconnected from the people that we're leading. When in reality, it's it's another way to shepherd and pastor people, and I think that's important mm-hmm. to be captured. Yeah, and a big part of our our vision and foundation, and we don't say this with arrogance, but we would love to kill consumerism in the mm. local church. That's good. We feel like our culture in America, we are very spoiled Mm -hmm. and consumerism has worked its way. So, um, just yeah, more more than we can even explain into church. Where even specifically with worship, so many people choose where they're going to attend by the yeah. style of music, and we've seen <clears throat> we've seen the music style and worship preference divide churches in half by generation. Wow! They like some churches will put the old people in this building, the young people in this building, and there's no unity in that. And so, one of the ways that we help combat that yeah. because we do feel like it's a battle. 
in the local church is by training up and developing worship leaders that know how to shepherd God's people in mm-hmm. a humble way, mm-hmm. not in a performance way or consumeristic yeah. way, wow. but to but to bring people together with the the gift of music. So that's that's kind of the premise of what we're doing with leaders. And, and have you ever heard me sing, Justin? Yeah, I oh, wait a minute. Have. When just a minute ago, singing yeah. one of your songs. Okay. <laughs> But I'm saying the reason most people haven't heard me sing is because I cannot sing. I yeah. joke that only God likes my voice. That's why I generally <laughs> sing in the shower. But why I'm saying that is because what you said for someone like myself, even to know that. I know of travel in the world, going to many churches, that generally there'll be a certain service for a certain style of music. There'll be a certain service for a certain generation. And we're saying this today really because... It might just seem like worship, but what Justin just said is amazing. We are Americans, or you know, in the in the West, we're consumers. So, how long is the pastor going to preach? Mm-hmm. What is he going to tell me to do? What kind of music am I going to play? And when you think about it, this is not the way Jesus put his team together. He picked people that we probably wouldn't have picked. I wouldn't have picked myself. And he said, "This is who I'm putting together. This person has a gift. This person fits here in the body. This person can can do that." And your heart really is. Because Justin, you're you're in your thirties like me, right? Mm-hmm. And so you've been worshiping for how many years now? Would you say as a leader for fifteen years? Okay, but, wow. But I grew up in the local church, and so yeah. I've been able to watch all the transitions of the church culture, and and so I think just to echo what yeah. you're saying, I think what Jesus desires, according to His Word, is that they would be one. Mm-hmm. The body of Christ would we be one, yeah. and we live in a culture, we live in a country where everything's divided by yeah. preference, and so that's kind of the gist of it, and and that's why I'm I'm, I'm grateful that I grew up in the church because I've been able to see yeah. instead of getting um, cynical or burned out, which I do struggle with that at times, yeah. I'm able to see God's plan and desire for the local church mm. and it lights me on fire to be able to 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 raise up and mentor and train leaders to help bring that unity back and using music as a tool to do that. Wow. And then for Josh, you've been worshiping for... Uh, as a leader for about 10 years. Okay, now. wow. Um, yeah, I mean, as a high school student, kind of getting thrown into it. It was probably really terrible at the beginning, but uh, um, yeah, so I've kind of shared the similar um, experience of getting to see a lot of different things, mm-hmm. um, be with a lot of different people. Um, and I think, yeah, we've shared this desire and this understanding of God's given us this incredible gift of singing yeah. to unite us. I mean, I, I always think about, and we talk about Colossians mm-hmm. 3, where the first five verses, Paul says, um, um, you know, this is who you are because of what Christ has done for you. Yep. And because of what he's done for you now, put off all these things. And to help you do that, let the word of Christ dwell in you mm. richly and admonish one another with singing, with psalms, yeah. hymns, and spiritual songs. So being able to see how that's worked and, and how that's encouraged both of us has kind of pushed us with the fire to to lead people in that. So I don't know as the times we've connected, you know, they, they've, just for you guys listening, I'm not a guy that's like, I'm going to invite my friends and put out a bunch of stuff, but I do know that as I see Christ at work in the body around the world, my goal is for people to hear of relevant ministries and see what people are doing. And the times I've been asked to come in and encourage them, one of the things I've always said to worship leaders is, you know, I'm an evangelist and my ministry is going to cease. The day I die, I'm no longer an evangelist. I'm in heaven. And actually, I'll have a good voice in heaven, like many of you <laughs> listening will. You know, don't worry about that. But your ministry right now of worship continues in the heaven. And so really, you show up to the local church, the first person you normally see is the worship leader. So it is relevant. So, And for those who are tuning in, listen, I want to make this clear from the start. 
I'm not only talking about worship as in, can you sing? Can you play an instrument? You have to know biblically, we are all worshipers. I mean, you hear about the book of Exodus 8.1, let my people go that they may worship you. Everyone that is listening right now, wherever you are, your job is worship. Your marriage is worship. This podcast is worship. Your life is worship. So you might say, well, I don't really care about singing well. We're called to praise him, but what we're going to dig into, we're going to hear one of Justin's songs later on at the end. You guys will be blessed by that. It's one of my son Jude's favorite songs. But I do want to jump in and say, so So Likewise Begins, what I've been blessed by is meeting people who've talked to me off to the side. I came out of this church or out of this background, or I struggle with this myself, and this ministry has helped me. What kind of things are you dealing with with the whole whole ministry? I would say it, it comes down to two major major points when it comes to how we're serving worship leaders in general. Um, The first one would be um, just combating the consumerism and the the rock star mentality that's kind of infiltrated the the worship community. So being a worship leader nowadays, which is different than 20 years ago, Mm -hmm. is it's a, it's an awesome opportunity to be in the limelight. Oh, it's a lifestyle change. Oh yeah. It's Jets and him. Apparently pastor was messing around this Sunday. It's expensive stuff. Sneakers, if you've seen the Instagram. Oh, yeah. You have to change your whole wardrobe if, yeah. if you, or you're not doing it right. Well, since the birth of the mega church, yep. or even the idea of that, it's, yeah. it's created a platform for musicians to feel like, oh, I can get my I can get my insecurities and all my um, yeah, desires for the limelight to be up on the stage. Mm-hmm. So then it doesn't as much become about leading God's people in worship. It becomes about being in the spotlight. Wow. And a lot of musicians, and Josh and I would both tell you, it takes one to know one. Yeah. Musicians Musicians are quirky. We are insecure, ego um, driven in in some ways, and I know that sounds ridiculous, but I think because me and Isaac aren't like that at all. <laughs> are we? No. Well, it's it's in artists in general. We want people to hear what yeah. we've created. Yeah. So we we are able to identify with these leaders and help them kind of harness what God's gifted them to do, and help them not identify with it, mm. but more identify with who they are, not yeah. what they do, but still using what. They they do what they've been gifted to bring the body together and to unite the body. So we help mm. young worship leaders, people that are that have been trained in that world to become more shepherding. And then we pursue the ones who've left ministry. Mm. And so it's usually within five years, a worship leader will enter in on the scene of being a worship leader in a church. Within five years, they'll burn out and they'll yeah. leave ministry altogether. They won't return. That's the same for youth pastors approximately as well. Oh, yeah, Four absolutely. to five, six years. Wow. And, and they leave. The frustrating thing for me and yeah. I know for the Lord is they leave using the gifts that they've been given for God's purpose in the local church and they don't return. Hmm. They leave, they'll go to work uh, in some other artistic capacity or uh, Starbucks or something that, that will, you know, help provide for their family, but they won't do what they were made to do. Hmm. And it's just like we were talking earlier about yeah. David being made to go out in war, but I he know. stayed home. I know it's and while even Justin's making this point I'll make that point one of the times you guys had had me come out and share it's so powerful when I first came to faith seeing you know King David I mean he's a mighty man of God he's a man after God's own heart he's a warrior he's all these things here's a lion here's a bear he slays them I mean by his faith and trusting the Lord here's Goliath he's dead but later on as he's accomplished maybe now he is the worship leader and the lights are going and listen 
I'm all for that. I go to beautiful churches where my friends are at mega churches and they're so about their faith that someone that would actually judge them because of some whirling lights or because of whatever, they don't really know that person. And I hope I never come across as doing that or I don't think you guys are one who, but when you consider King David, he's the king by all the kings are measured. I mean, it's the city of David. They're just now finding articles in there that I believe the temple is in the city of David, next to the Gishon Springs. But when you study Samuel and you see David, here's this man that's accomplished its all. He's on his rooftop, his leather couches there, and his big screen TV, all his record collection. And he's the man. And the Bible says, at the time kings go to war, David remained in Jerusalem. So David's call was to be a worshiper, was to be a warrior. I mean, this is God's man, a man after God's own heart. But what did he do? Like you're saying, Justin, he wasn't focused on really his first ministry. He checks out the rooftop. Here comes Bathsheba, you know, maybe her hair's done or her nails, and she's hanging out, and David's like, who's this? And then this is now, it's crazy that the scripture actually says, this is someone's daughter. So not only is it Uriah's wife, but it's someone's daughter. And he says, go and get her. She comes to him. She lays with him. He gets her pregnant. And so what does this worship leader, King David, do? You know the story, you know, it's crazy. He calls for Uriah to come back. Hopefully he'll sleep with her, which Uriah won't. Honoring King David, honoring God, saying, I'm not going to do this. David gets mad, tried to get to them intoxicated with gifts, ultimately sending him out into the battlefields with the commander. And Uriah's killed. And it's crazy because here's a man who lusted, who coveted, who slayed one of his own brothers. Sin befalls his family. God's mad at him. The prophet rebukes him. And what's amazing is later on in Samuel, it says, at the time kings go to war, David remained in Jerusalem. All that means is that what you're saying, Justin, what we're talking about here, Josh, or for me, is we all have this call. We all have this gift. And guys, when you listen to their music, it's amazing. I don't I don't boast in people. I boast in people in what Christ is doing in them. That's how Paul boasted. So I see a worship leader. I see a pastor. I see someone working hard and say, praise God for who you are and what you do. But people are actually leaving the church, leaving the ministry. It's estimated 1,500 pastors a month leave the ministry, especially for me as an evangelist. They say over 85% of evangelists, because there's no staff position, they don't raise support. How do they even continue their call today? It's often misunderstood. It's a parachurch ministry, which you don't really see. You know, churches support it. I get it. But so you come in and you help, you invite them out. And the first one was what consumerism. And the second part was, well, I think, yeah, I think the, the second part is, um, really just trying to, to understand identity. Yeah. Um, a, a lot of it is, is getting worship leaders to understand that, you know, like Justin mentioned that it's, it's not about what we do. Yeah. It's about who we are. And if, you know, like King David, God, gifted King David yeah. in those ways. And yeah, I want called. to hear those songs right now. I don't know what he's singing, you know. <laughs> well, with King David, it's awesome, too, because God used music as his first foot in the door because it was when Saul was yep. being tormented that David, a gifted musician, was called to come to his side mm. to play his his harp or the whatever. To help with spirits or whatever it was yeah. that was going on with yeah. him, yeah. Well, yeah. Calm, calm him down. It's crazy. Yeah, and I think part of the whole divisive thing that we've, we've, we've hit on a little bit yeah. is 
it's obvious that we're all at war. Yeah. This is a battle. Our battle isn't against <laughs> flesh and blood. A lot of us like to retreat from the battle yep. because we're afraid or we are uh, insecure or we would like to just avoid it. Mm-hmm. We just want, we don't even want to acknowledge it. And that that's we're who we're trying to speak to now. Guys, don't hide under a rock. Don't let something that happened within Amen. church, within the family of God, don't retreat because God is for you. Walk in the promises. Yeah, and that's it. I think and the reason why even music specifically with our min- ministry becomes such such a dividing point is because um, we think of our 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 worst enemy, which mm-hmm. is the devil himself, mm-hmm. Lucifer, who was made, who was created to reflect God's go- glory mm. by having all of the heavenly hosts worship the king. So his job was the ultimate heavenly worship leader. Yeah. And then he, he got his ego in the way and he gets cast out of heaven. He's now on this earth using music as a tool to divide. And you've seen it. Look mm-hmm. how, look how Hollywood, yeah. look how all these incredible artists <laughs> Yeah. are used as this huge satanic force to yeah. draw multitudes away from the king. Mm-hmm. And so music can be this incredible uniter, which Josh and I talk about this all the time, is it's, it is a beautiful gift from God. It is. Music is this supernatural yeah. connecting point mm-hmm. for all human, human beings. I don't care what kind of concert you go yeah. to. I mean, and I talk about it as a Coldplay concert that I went to. I'm a, I'm a piano player, so I love piano-driven music and rock mm-hmm. and worship. <laughs> and so, but, but I go to this Coldplay concert, I'd say it was 10 years ago, and I'm singing these songs yeah. that actually mean nothing. Lyri- yeah. Lyrically, their yeah. songs mean nothing. Yeah. But they what, won't be playing in heaven. Right. They're only right here and now, but you're appreciating the man's gift. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I'm, I'm and singing, seeing all these people. Yeah, and we're all... Everybody in the crowd, yeah. all 50,000 people are singing the same song. And for some supernatural reason that none of us can explain, we all felt connected to mm-hmm. each other. Yeah, you're like best friends for two yeah. and a half hours with people you'll never that's ever it. see again. And that's how you can be able to, even even at a secular concert, yeah. I, hate even, I hate even using that word, but yeah. you can still see God's <laughs> hand and his creative glory in the midst of something like that because he wants music to bring him glory mm-hmm. and to bind his people together. So mm-hmm. Even more reason to use that in the church, not as a dividing tool, but as a uniting tool. And mm-hmm. go oh, ahead. yeah, and that's that's and you hate to, to um, describe a scheme of of the devils as, yeah. as brilliant at all, but it's it's smart because you've used something that's so um, has this uniting power to unite a certain group of preference. Yeah, versus a different group of people who have a different preference. And one of the things that that we've you know come in contact with in a lot of different places is a lot of the dividing in the church, especially between generations, yeah. they're divided by musical preference. So a lot of the older people grew up singing the old hymns, hymns. Um, and those are the true, the right songs. None of this uh, really, sometimes you'll hear that the new stuff might be shallow or whatever. And then you have, you know, younger people are coming up. They're not connected to these older songs. And so it's just more comfortable to, okay, well, I'm going to go to this service because at the 11 o'clock service, they play the music that I I like. And then all of a sudden you have, um, you know, one group of people attending the nine thirty traditional one group of people at the 11 contemporary. Yeah. <laughs> and all of a sudden it's like two different churches on the same campus and we're not really together. Yeah. And, and so one of the goals of this has been, how do we not say that one style is right or better than the other? How mm-hmm. do we incorporate everything and teach and shepherd people, the congregation to understand that everybody has to sacrifice something to be part of yeah. the community. And maybe that's your musical preference on a, 
on a Sunday morning. And no wonder worship leaders and pastors yeah. burn out. Yeah. <laughs> Look at all the people that that were trying to please. Yeah. And that's the biggest joke in yeah. ministry yeah. Is, is the people pleasing. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to make all these people. <laughs> I, I happy. knew I should have had you guys on. This is getting good. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it is so frustrating, Brian, and you yeah. know it because yeah. you've been in it mm-hmm. to where you can't please everybody. I've been through enough fights in just life before I was a believer that I can just get through it and whatever. But it's it's true because part of what I was even, you know, a lot of notes I made and random thoughts we might go or beginning to cover. But if you're listening to this, we're not saying, hey, the church is so crazy and messed up. I was downtown witnessing a few weeks ago, you know, and this guy came up and he was actually drinking a 40. He was about 6'2", this, this Mexican gentleman with a white girl and this other person. I'm not saying that for preference, but just like the whole crew was there and it was great. They're all united. Everyone's together, you know. But as I begin to share, the girl tells me, you know, I asked God to save my child, but he didn't. And I was about to lose my child, but I prayed to Satan and Satan saved him. Mm-hmm. And so she was like a Satanist. We talked for like 10 minutes. Then the next guy was just like, I don't really know about God. But the other guy that was like not drunk, but drinking had a cross on him, was kind of wound up. I was asking him, you know, where do you stand with the Lord? Do you understand? And he said to me, you know, I've been to many churches. I've seen so much division. And he goes, are you saying when I come to faith and I repent of my sin? You know, cause I, I, I'm, even if he says a prayer, it doesn't mean he's saved. I'm proclaiming the gospel to him as much as I can. And I said, that's not what I'm saying. I'm not saying when you come a believer, life is easy. Mm-hmm. God is a God who heals, but he doesn't always heal everyone. He's a God of success, but he doesn't give you success in everything. He's a God who is a God of blessing, but he blesses things according to his will. And my point about this was that this guy thought, if I'm a Christian, everything's easy, right? And part of why I did want you guys on is to say, look, be it worship leaders, be it pastors, be it the church body, you are called to gather together to grow. And that's my point I'm making here to the guy. I said, look, your life could be really crazy after you come to faith. Your parents are going to pass away at some time. Mm-hmm. Crazy things could happen. Do you want me to tell you what some of the Christians are going through around the world? And my point is to say it in this a lot of times when I've shared with people on the street, either not a believer and they're down to just go into it and I'm fine because I always keep it nice and safe and stay on the Bible or it's someone that's actually mad at the church and that whole idea of what we're trying to accomplish here, you're saying of Hebrews 10, the author writes that we shouldn't forsake gathering together as some do, but continue gathering together. How do we stare each other in love? And this is the point. Even what you're saying, it's amazing, like like these old hymns. It was R.C. Sprawl who said, you know, even old hymns at some time were new. new yes. At some time they were new. So I get it. If you're singing a song and I can't really focus on Jesus, and I only recently, this really, uh, recently when my good friend Carrie, you know, who gave us one of the microphones over here, really, I believe, spoke into this podcast. She said, you know... There's there's people who sing music, but then there's psalmists. And I thought about that because I remember seeing Leland play. You know, I was going to speak on this one stage and Leland's warming up. I'm thinking, okay, what are they going to do? And they begin to pray over their instruments. They begin to pray for like four, five, ten minutes, just focused on the Lord. And this was a time that they were going to worship because if they're going to enter into worship... The crowd's either going to go with them or not. But at the <laughs> yeah. same time, you can be someone's up there and go, I'm going to play for my means. But when your goal is to chase that, that's the danger that many people fall in with this platform. So back to your point, though, how do you wrestle with modern music and the hymn music? What do you say to people who are like, this is the kind of church? Because worship really isn't about us. It's mm-hmm. about him yeah. anyway. Yep. 
That's a great question. And yeah. th- that's, that's why we don't even answer it. Yeah. And I, I say, I don't say that, um, to, to, to minimize the yeah. music style preference. It really has nothing to do that's with good. style. It has nothing to do with song choice. Mm. It has everything to do with the heart of the worshiper. Mm-hmm. And so when we can focus on training these worship leaders to, to be humble shepherds, leading yeah. God's people and helping them into a heart of worship, helping them understand what it means to worship the King. I mean, if you're, if we're really honest, think about it in a worship service on Sunday, which is what we're talking about. Yep. It's most churches is 20 to 25 minutes max of yeah. music. And so many consumerized Americans yeah. make that such a huge hill to die on. Mm-hmm. And so we want to break that, that hill down to where it's, it's not at all about the specific preference mm. of all, oh, this is my heart language. This is what, this is my me. song that I've heard all week and they'll play it this week. And it's, well, and that's the thing is, 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 we talk about that too is okay well you have you know the entire week to go and listen to that in your car sing it in your shower or with your family i mean that's the reality of <laughs> but it but we're consumers we're all part of this membership it's yeah. like costco you're this member of this church yeah. you have you throw in your tithe and so you feel like you deserve uh, or mm-hmm. you have a right to dictate what happens in the service and it's not just music yeah. it is everything it's I preaching mean, for it's, sure it's the yeah. preaching style there, some people like the lights on yeah. some people like them off so yeah. i'll tell you on a on a monthly basis, it's either too loud or too quiet. Oh, that's, yeah. a, that's a big one. And it goes on and on and on. And I don't even waste my time with that junk because that will burn me out. It's, well, I was I was up north one time. I, I want to say I was in Washington and I was speaking at a youth thing. And as the pastor was showing me around his office, he said, oh, yeah, I just got this note the other day. And there was, I'm not kidding you, a bag that within it contained bagels because the church had put out bagels. And apparently they put out too many onion bagels. And this bag actually had a bunch of cuss words about the explicit, explicit, bleep, 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 bagels. And I'm like, I'm guessing that if whatever amount of time it took you to write that many words that you were mad at, and I get it, the world's a crazy place, come to church, you know, you want everything to be perfect, but I'm like, that's not why we're going there. The old pastor line, you know, as soon as you show up, it's not perfect. But what I'm trying to get, get accomplished here is for people who are hearing this who are listening is man we are missing something Mm -hmm. there's something very pure and i love that even when i think our church first started years ago one of the things pastor andrew had said is you know you might have this music preference or that music preference or whatever but what you were saying just then josh is you know it's best that you just come here to worship God. Mm-hmm. What if this is a song that you might not even like, but you begin to hear things in that that, that that was written to expose something that you need to hear? And I'd like to have the humility to go there for 20, 30, 40. I've sat in youth service where they've had worship for four hours. And people go, why would you go that long? Because these kids who are teenagers, who are always on their games, always struggling, dad yelling at them, whatever, sitting in those sessions for a while with weird, you know, scripture read in between or mini testimonies, and they begin to get to these places of opening up it takes them elsewhere so mm-hmm. so you don't answer and it's true because someone once said a wise man once said nothing so it's true you know <laughs> you don't answer what they're asking but the point is true it starts with humility yeah, and i think there's a there's a wisdom on the worship leader's part to mm. not just go and sing your favorite songs as a worship leader on a weekend right. but yeah. if, if you are disconnected from those you're leading it, it might not make sense but mm-hmm. if you're really loving the people that you're leading you know yeah. what they need to hear what's going to be the best thing to sing together and one of the light bulbs for me was we have so much choice when it comes to church i forgot 
that it is such a gift mm-hmm. that we even get to meet together. Yeah, we're not in China. Freely. Exactly. We're doing this right now. We'd be in prison <laughs> yeah. in China right now if they found the Foolishness yeah. Podcast. And so thinking about that really takes my mind wow. off of whether or not I'm. this is my favorite song mm-hmm. on a Sunday. Yeah, mm-hmm. and it's funny, coming to California, growing up in Phoenix, living in Nashville for five years, I was an artist, a recording artist in Nashville, so I was on the performance side of it, mm-hmm. and I've been in the Bible Belt buckle in yeah, Nashville. Yeah, you've been where, everywhere. Where, yeah, where I've seen enough of all the different styles of church, all the divided denominations of church, to where yeah. the Lord has really given me a simplified perspective of mm-hmm. what, I, what I really think the Word of God says about what the church gathering mm-hmm. is, and part of it in America that frustrates me, and it's the reason why I wanted to come to the consumerism capital of the world, Mm -hmm. Southern California, (laughs) is because I really want to be able to diagnose the the heart of the problem. Mm -hmm. It's a DNA issue. There is a cancer in the church, Mm -hmm. and I believe the cure in a lot of ways, and one way we can treat this problem, is the gift of music, because it's a unifying factor that nobody can explain. Mm -hmm. Why do I feel connected to these people? When I've never met them, but I just sang with them. And that's why um, singing together is mm-hmm. so important to us in our ministry and teaching our worship leaders to get the people singing. Stop performing mm-hmm. for them and get them singing yeah. because it connects them, it unifies them, and it's sin. Yeah. If we are yeah. not singing together, we're in sin. Yeah. And I'm going to be bold enough to say it because we are commanded, <laughs> we are commanded by God to sing together for the unity of the body, admonishing mm-hmm. and encouraging each other with hymns, psalms, spiritual songs, because the Lord knows mm. what singing together does mm. for his church. Yeah. Not just sitting together yeah. and listening to a great message, which is very important. Mm-hmm. Listening to the word of God, coming together and yeah. hearing the word of God, and then serving together is mm. also important. But when we sing together, Together, it's it's like our ministry. We feel very strongly about about helping prepare and equip the body of Christ mm-hmm. to do, like you said, what yeah. we'll be doing for all eternity. Yeah. This is a small glimpse of eternity that the body can resemble. Yeah. And that's what's going to reach the lost. It is. When they see us unified mm-hmm. in as the church, mm-hmm. not divided by denomination yeah. or style preference, when they see the body of Christ unified, when we're not jumping from church to church because we're not getting all of because our Because we're met, the center of it. Right. And I get it. You know, there are times when something happens happened or people didn't connect and i'd always take someone hey before you go offer your gift you know go and make things right with your brother or sister but i've had friends go to other states and say hey i haven't really found a church yet and i said well why do you think god moved you to that state if you have all this theology or all the spiritual proud you know if you're so able isn't god going to use you to go into that church and encourage the church and what you're saying exactly could be applied to even what I'm doing, because traveling and preaching, do I want to say I'm going to master crafting speaking for 25 minutes where every single clip is like to get me into the Christian elite club? And then I've got to answer to God. I'm around all these people. I speak at a lot of these events, all these people, but I think it's true. The world that is broken, that has got a disease, a sickness, is mad. I mean, my wife came to faith, you know, hearing the gospel through me, yes, but a few podcasts ago, just talking about hearing that song, I can only imagine. And as someone that was raised Catholic that didn't know, really didn't know Jesus, didn't have a clue, you know, the Italian Mexican background. She's like, can I imagine? I mean, this simple song, I can only imagine. And she's like, can I imagine? And she began to cry and weep. (laughs) And, you know, 
we are religious people. God made us to gather together. Then there comes the Tower of Babel. Everyone's separated, you know, Babel. And so music unifies us. Skateboarding unifies us. You know, jujitsu, gangs, sadly, um, terrorism. People are unified in groups. But really, we're made to be the body of Christ. And it's true. It's worship that takes us there. So, so here you are out there encouraging people, blessing them. As I said, I've seen the 30, 40, 50, 60 kids. Um, they show up to Huntington. You guys rent a bit of space. Um, they stay in these hotels. You have numerous meetings. You have different speakers come in. You probably call me to find some good restaurants, which I think you're better at than doing it than I am now. <laughs> um, you want us to come out and challenge them, encourage them. But so a lot of it, there's so much joy and there's so much happiness, but also there's times to downtime and say, here's what's dark for me. Here's what I've wrestled with. And I've seen these young adults get ministered to. I've seen the Lord get a hold of them and restore things. And now, thankfully, even through some of the silly social media, I continue seeing their mm-hmm. lives. I see them going back to that ministry, having more grace, having more compassion. So for you guys, though, how do you keep it humble? How do you keep it from going to King David's day? Pastors can do this. I'm preaching to a church of 10,000. Or, hey, I have 50 people in my church. That's not the gauge. If our gauge is the most amount of people, we should be looking at the most prosperity-focused gospel preachers there is and preaching messages like that, which mm-hmm. that's not what we're called to to do we're called to prepare ourselves to preach the word ready in and out of season you know uh, doctrine encouraging no one to rebuke being able to open the bible and speak on whatever god lays on our heart or where right. the elders in church feel we're going how do you keep from the pride that comes in when you do see successes yeah i would I, just to just to yeah. answer that and to mention with with likewise you were you were referring to our annual retreat yeah. so we have 60 plus worship leaders yeah. from all over the country that come here to Huntington Beach and it's a spe- it's specifically designed for 3 days to be a spiritual pick me up i guess yeah, for them it's a getaway yeah it's a getaway but it's not a vacation as much as it is we know that most of these worship leaders if they haven't already burned out are at a very close point of burnout because mm-hmm. pastors in general these are pastors that are constantly pouring out pouring out pouring out and and in most cases they're not nobody's pouring into them mm-hmm. and so we have them come out here and they're none of them are allowed to serve yeah okay so we don't allow them to stack chairs you mean the worship yeah, yeah, none of all the worship leaders. So that's why my back was sore yeah, one day. Right. No, we don't allow them. <laughs> that's why just, we sleep for six days yeah. after. Even though they naturally want to, hey, how can I help? We don't let them. Yeah, because that's what they're gifted to do. They're they're hospitable Amen. naturally. Yeah. They want to help, and so we give them these three days where they aren't allowed to help out. Hmm. We want to pour into them, yeah. and a lot of that we 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 specifically on on these retreats we want to go to their soul care kind of mentality. We want them to feel completely filled up, connected with the Lord in a new way, connected with each other. They'll sing together. They'll they'll be encouraged by people like you that come in that have been around the block mm-hmm. in ministry and that can refresh their 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 calling, if you will. But let me read this passage yeah. in Hebrews six because it sums up a lot of what we're doing. Yep. It says, uh, but beloved, we are confident of better things concerning you. Yes, things that accompany salvation. Though we speak in this manner, for God is not unjust to forget your work and labor of love, which you have shown toward his name and to the saints, in that you have ministered to the saints and to do ministry. 
And we desire that each one of you show the same diligence to the full assurance of hope until the end, that you do not become sluggish, Mm -hmm. that you don't become lazy, but imitate those who through faith and patience inherit the promise. Imitate those. Mm -hmm. Go and do likewise. That's why we call it likewise. That's what he says right there, go and do likewise. Well, I added that little piece right there. But when, <laughs> but when we talk about imitating, and a lot of it be- comes yeah. from my story of brokenness yeah. in the church. Mm-hmm. And people ask, why do you call it likewise? Well, because I've been broken, I've been yeah. beat down, and I was two inches from yeah. leaving church yeah. altogether. And and then these young leaders would come into my life and I was able to pour into them and mm-hmm. they'd ask, how do I become and how do I do what you are doing for the local church? And I show them and I say, hey, this is what the word of God says about mm-hmm. the gathering. Now go and do likewise. Mm-hmm. And that's not anything new under the sun. This yeah. is all stuff that Jesus and all the apostles... But they need to hear it though, new. Yeah, it needs to encourage to them from someone like yourself who's like, hey, you got a wife and you got four kids right so yeah. you, you've been through enough battles just in life i mean you're blessed but i'm saying like as older men we can speak in a minute go guys yeah. you're gonna face the ups and the downs you're oh, gonna yeah. feel like you're sinking but god controls it all and that's that's why for me it is a joy to be involved in these things just to see i mean you've even had people out that were about to be married then they're married and now mm-hmm. they're and even one of the think points that, that you made earlier that was awesome was you're engaged, right? Yeah. yeah engaged. So, so even now you're like, okay, Lord, where have you called us to go? Yeah. Because even the things you've walked through as a young man, you know, going into ministry, which you feel full time called into yes. continuance. There's partnering with a pastor. There's partnering with a church. Um, yeah, I don't envy the role of being a lead because <laughs> if I had to make that many decisions all week for all many people, they're not going to be happy with everything I do. If I had to preach every single weekend in there and that's to some of the guys out there who maybe you're frustrated at your pastor or different people um, if they're hoarding their authority over you it is not good it's not healthy I've been in churches it's very controlling but your goal is to be somewhere that is biblical where there's humility right. where there's accountability right. you want to be getting at least 75-80% that you see hey they're focused on these things mm-hmm. and if there's things that you might not might not be seeing don't get offended or or walk out or fret. Go and talk with someone. Sit with someone. Your pastor might be waiting for someone like you to show up. Right. Bring this area and say, you know what? I'm not strong in this area. Help me. You don't know the humility that someone will have until you step out there, especially if you cover it in prayer. But for you, what is the process like now? Lord, where are you going to lead me? Knowing what you know through likewise, yeah. how do you apply it personally on the spot? <laughs> yeah, I think the the main thing for me is just, you know, being in a bunch of different ministry situations, working with a bunch of different leaders and, and facing different challenges has been to really just simplify um, what we do and what what the what the gathering looks like in terms of deciding, okay, where are me and, and my fiance, Bryn, um, going to mm-hmm. land? And for me, it's all about um, community. That's where we're getting to because the more that I read, especially just descriptions of the church and acts, it was here are the people in, in mm-hmm. your neighborhood and yeah. the surrounding area. We're going to meet together because we're unified under this huge umbrella, Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. Yeah. And that's, that's the thing that binds us together. And then we're going to eat together. We're going to spend time together. We're going to pray together. We're going to sing together. We're going to open the word together. And so to find something that values those things, knowing that there's imperfect people in every single place Mm -hmm. that that we're going to be, how do I keep my eyes on Jesus and unite myself with people that are striving towards the same thing and then have the humility um, to walk arm in arm with these people who are having the same struggles that that I am. And that's one of my favorite things about Likewise is um, the platform is 
is hard sometimes because all of a sudden mm-hmm. you're hyper aware of what other people think about you. Mm-hmm. And yeah. uh, the way your voice really sounds really. or when you don't move right or you miss this thing. Exactly. And so when you're hyper aware of that, <laughs> you're super conscious of the fact that you can't let your weaknesses be shown. Yeah. You can't let people see the cracks. And yeah. all of a sudden, the longer that you ignore these cracks or hide these cracks, brush over them, eventually everything comes crumbling down. Yeah. And that's what you want to save people from. And what's beautiful about the collective is it's it's been a place that naturally people can feel like they can share their weaknesses mm-hmm. within this group. Because one of the foundations of this is realizing that no matter what church you're a part of, uh, no matter what role you hold, even if you're just a volunteer somewhere, the goal is the same. Yeah. And that's to lead whoever comes into the building or your room in, into the worship of Jesus through mm-hmm. song. And when that's your goal, all of a sudden now you're not competing with the next guy and you're not comparing with the next guy or gal that's leading worship. You're figuring out, okay, how do I just do this better? Mm-hmm. And then that gives the way to, uh, paves the road to, letting your brokenness be healed because you're willing to share it and you don't have to feel like I have to cover mm. this up because I can't let everybody know that yeah. I'm having a hard time with A, B, or C or I don't know how to deal with this. Because you know, you're the worship leader or that's yeah. the pastor. And you we talked about that. Together. That's why, sadly, even the pastor a few months ago, you know, who ended up taking his own life, who was yeah. struggling, but there's so much pressure. I know people that get offered a great job or opportunity, leave the ministry because they go, you know, I've been stressing paying my bills. That The congregation doesn't even seem to like me. People are so frustrated. I can just go make a bunch of money selling houses, drive whatever I want. No one's going to judge me then. And so you're trying to figure out who you are based on a bunch yeah. of people's perspective. Exactly. And like Galatians says, I'm now a pleaser of men. Mm-hmm. One of the questions Isaac's had just to ask an him. It's a off-the-cuff question, but I think it's relevant where we are today. He says, do you believe churches try to invoke a false sense of the Holy Spirit through the performance of worship with the lights, with the smoke and the song choices? And that's definitely a can of worms. Isaac does do jujitsu, so I know he's down to unpack that for everyone listening. But, but you know, that is relevant today. Yeah. You know, how do you, how do you steer through what real worship is and what's um created basically part of it i would just say and josh couldn't relate to josh is a millennial so he's able to relate (laughs) to it even more but i see it as is we have to have a healthy balance but we have to be very 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 cautious Mm -hmm. uh, in a lot of ways Um, i would say what you asked um, has a lot to do with not just relevancy but it just trendy there are trendy things that the church does and in a lot of ways um, I, I believe some of the decisions that are made in churches across the country mm-hmm. are attractional de- decisions. Yeah. How can we attract people? Mm-hmm. How can we numerically grow? Because that's our measure of success. So what do we need to do with our worship team? Yeah. Because and, and what unfortunately happens is worship leaders become commodities mm-hmm. to lead pastors because I have to have this type of worship leader to attract this type of I person. Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. and, and once again, I bring it back down to simple simplifying and going okay so where is the heart of worship and and i think some of that stuff is emotionally driven now i'm an emotional guy Mm -hmm. i mean music is a very emotional response to god's god's uh, an emotional god absolutely absolutely. and i i I believe we're made in in his image in that way to where but we have this sense of emotion where even the certain type of chords that are played can can provoke an emotional response Mm -hmm. which is good to have those in balance though Mm -hmm. but when it's the specific when we're trying to use these to to 
to manipulate or to attract. Mm-hmm. I think it's dangerous waters. I think you have to be really careful. And that's why you have to good have to have good accountability and leadership in your life. Mm-hmm. That's what we spend a lot of time with our monthly gatherings with our worship mm-hmm. leaders is to talk about balance and how do we how do we touch on all these creative aspects of how God has made us and how he's made everybody so different. But how can we use music once again as a uniting factor, mm-hmm. but not to get too caught yeah. up in the emotion of it. Go ahead, Josh. Um, one of the things that, that I was thinking about is I, I recently had the opportunity to lead worship with um, a lot of kids that were the same age as me, a lot of college students, and there's be these huge gatherings, and um, there was almost this pressure to try to get the people to walk away from the gathering with some sort of you know high from it. And okay, and you ask the question, okay, why are we doing this? And it, and it dawned on me as we have um, we've placed so much importance on the one hour we meet together per week that if we don't have some sort of emotional response mm-hmm. to that, then we feel like almost as if it's a failure, it's not working. And, and I think the, the twist of perspective is the one time we meet together is the time to encourage each other, to continue mm-hmm. to share the word, to share the gospel, to be with our communities. That's like our rallying point so we can go out. But when we make so much to do about that one time we meet, the all of a sudden there, there's all this pressure and, yeah. and there's all this pressure to it. It's almost as if we expect that a lot of the people that are coming to these gatherings, this is their only time that, you know, that they have. And it's like, mm-hmm. okay, maybe that's true. Um, but at the end of the day, it's not our job um, to try to make that happen. Our job is, as we tell us all the time with a lot of people in the collective, is we're storytellers. Mm-hmm. When we sing together, we're singing this story. Yeah. Just like, you know, it's like a movie score. If you watch your favorite movie and you take out the soundtrack, you lose the high highs and the lows and lows. But that music does something to accompany the message. And so absolutely, we should do our best job at telling that story Mm -hmm. with the music, the chords that you're talking about. That's a real thing. I think God loves that. Mm -hmm. And that's important. Mm -hmm. Um, But when we make that the goal, I think we're wrong. And I think our focus is, how do we just tell the story of the gospel? And at that point, it's the Spirit's job to do all the illuminating, um, all of the work. And that Mm -hmm. takes the pressure off us because now we don't have to perform the moment to make sure somebody gets saved. We just get to, you know, yeah. share the gospel and then God's going to do what he's going to do. So I've never felt called to be a lead. And I think if I was, I'd have a hard time because I'd be like, Hey guys, you're leading today. If you feel like you need to go longer with this song, go ahead. If you need, like you need to say this, go ahead. I just feel like Jesus was very interruptible. You know, he's preaching in the synagogue and he's interrupted by a crippled woman who walks in and he stops. So the word of God stops speaking the word of God for a woman. So that, how's that theologically? But that's the point. I'm not saying stop every service and make it a moment just to say this happens here. But I was thinking as you're speaking, you know, I hadn't watched this movie in years and it's a story on Bruce Lee, the dragon movie. And I watched it possibly a thousand times. I mean, I, you know, I'm compulsive. I watch the movie so much. And there's a scene in that movie where Bruce and Linda um, get their school. And there's a song and it's by Randy Edelman, you know, and he does music for all the Hollywood movies. I can play the song on guitar. It's like one of my favorite songs. But when I hear it emotionally, what it does for me is it's so strong mm-hmm. that you could almost play that in a church setting and it would be as emotional. And that moment would be like, wow, this is God. And that's not always the case. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes I actually sit still 
and I just think on the word and it's almost more of a, a moment with the Lord and other times you know if if the kids are running around and it's that and they're getting started I'm like hey I'm fine with that I go to a beautiful church up in Canada every year good friends of mine been like seven years and they have lights at times and all this and all that and it's great people are there and they're worshiping but if I go and try and create that somewhere else just to say this is what it feels like it can become conjured up. Mm-hmm. Likewise, I can say, hey, we're going to take all of this out to make it super simple and only going to speak this or only going to play that just for the sake of seeing what God does. I don't think God's tripping on that stuff as much. I think if you're focused on the word mm-hmm. and you're making time to prayer and you're saying, here's the worship leader with his gifting, guys, let's all stay humble. You know, I can feel like there's a performance on going to preach and, and I don't even feel like that now. I feel like, God, you've entrusted me to, to, for this person to invite me somewhere or to go to Costa Rica for a week or to be in England for two weeks, I'm going to go do what you've called me to, but I'm going to find it in the word first. And just what you said, I mean, it's amazing. I, I'm saying this because what can happen and it's dangerous. Let's say we started a band, which can never happen because I'm, I'm pretty much useless, you know, but maybe I'm, I'm the backup guy. We're now leaving school. We're 16, you know, we're like the, uh, I'll dish you guys somewhat. We're like the Christian Hansen. How's that? I'm meeting those guys years ago. Yeah. Um, but that's who we are. And within a year of our worship band, it blows up. Next 20 years of our life is going around the world, singing these five songs that everyone loves. And so going on and off the stage every night, my gift has become what my walk is. But really, that's not my walk. My walk is with Jesus. Mm-hmm. And I've had people say, I've been doing this for so many years, but you know what? I was never really pastored. I never really got to grow. I simply just performed and performed and performed. And that's when someone burns out. That's when someone's fried. What would you say to someone here and say, man, Justin, there's so much wisdom you spoke into me. Josh, I hear the heart of what you're saying. I get where you're going. What would you say to someone who's like burned out right now in any area of ministry i'm sinking what do i do i mean how do they sit with their leadership how do they sit with someone how do they begin to figure out this dark process well i think it goes back to just the identity thing Mm. and are you willing to draw swords are you willing are you willing to pull out the word of god and are you willing to combat the enemy (laughs) i mean it's so simple i mean if if you really look at it and the Mm -hmm. lord has been very patient with us in america but i'd say it's just really simple when it comes to the battle realizing that you are at war with an enemy that hates your guts and the sooner he can take you out of the battle by Mm -hmm. by either making you lazy and putting you on the sidelines to watch the more he is able to gloat and be able to sit back and go look what i've accomplished with this this child of the king he's mm-hmm. just sitting on his butt over on the sidelines and he's not he's not in the battle anymore yeah. but but he knows how gifted this this person is yeah. and i see that with every pastor yeah. the the sooner the enemy can take down these pastors not yeah. just worship pastors anyone any area you just christians the, well, yeah. yeah you take down a pastor and it takes down a church. Mm-hmm. I mean, over yeah. and over and over. We have seen it just the past two years, more than I think we ever have. The church has been divided, split in half. And no wonder the world looks at us and goes, you guys can't, you guys don't know what love is. Mm-hmm. The world calls us haters. Yeah. They call Christians yeah. haters now. Yeah. And so to me, it is, it's, it's, it's a sign of, of the times, mm-hmm. obviously, um, but I have not given up hope on the local church. Yeah, you I can't. believe. Oh, she's still beautiful. God's still mm-hmm. at work. The Absolutely. most broken, totally. the most reckless at any age. I mean, I'm sure God's going to humble me in areas I'm missing for anyone here. Just what you said yeah. to go to the word and, 
and thinking through it theologically, you know, I would never tell you guys what you should do as worship leaders other than what do you think? Here's our structure. Here's what we feel. Likewise, if I was lead, you would never say, here's how you should lead. Mm -hmm. Or someone doesn't come to me and say, Brian, this is how you should evangelize because I'm out there evangelizing. So you're saying to literally sit with the word, be in prayer against the enemy and and sit down with those you trust and say, hey, here's where I am. Because sometimes... And this is just just man to man. What people need to hear, men want closure. If it was you and me, Justin, and it was two years in, I'm like, man, he's always kind of frustrated with something. Hey, man, what's going on? The word says this. Let's figure this out. I would love nothing more than to bring closure and squash it. Men are really good at, you know, guys can get in a fist fight for five minutes and then go eat food afterwards because like, okay, we're done. <laughs> yeah. So for the worship leader though, that it's a burden, his family, his wife is telling him to get out of there to go sit and do all the right things. Yeah, and then, absolutely. Yeah. Burnout promotes laziness yeah. in a lot of ways. And I, I believe that if, and, and if anybody's listening right now, that's, yeah. that's burning out. They are. And it doesn't even have to be in music ministry or church ministry or in your mm. marriage. When you're burning out, when you're tired, it creates an open door for sin, mm-hmm. specifically habitual sin to enter into your life. That's and your that's, escape. that is your escape. And that's when the enemy comes in. And then that's when he really will take you down. Mm. We are commanded to resist the enemy and he'll flee from you. Mm-hmm. We have more power with the Holy Spirit in our, just our pinky fingernail mm-hmm. than the enemy does. Mm-hmm. We just don't declare it. We don't. We, we mm-hmm. become sluggish, just like that Hebrews mm-hmm. passage that we just read. Yeah. We become sluggish, and that's what our ministry, that's what I feel called right now by God himself Amen. to to continue to empower in these Praise leaders, God. is to help them not become lazy. Yeah. We, have, we have work to do. The battle, yes, belongs to the Lord, but he's given us mm. his word, this sword that cuts through all of this trash that that this, this consumeristic culture has <laughs> has um, thrown at us, and it's so exciting to me because Brian, you and I talk about this all the time. Yeah, just so you guys, we hang out all the time. And this might have been the first time that I've hung out with Justin, and he's not asked me about the end time or the Illuminati or um, something. And I'm not going to have time to go there, but the next time we can because because I'm watching yeah. some things right now um, that's happening in Israel and the rest of it. Some of you are like, "What? That's a that's a future podcast, you guys." I was just telling. Josh today that our God is so good mm-hmm. and so incredibly patient. Amen. He has been so patient with us in America. I mean, it is sickening at times mm-hmm. where I even see what's going on politically. Yeah. I was reading an article day uh, today about pro-choice, pro-life and just the arguments on both sides and it was so frustrating to me to where to see how far we've come yeah. to where we it's almost like our argument when it comes to doesn't exist. It doesn't even exist and there's no ground to stand yeah, but call an evil good and good yep, evil. It's and a, yep, it's a joke. But and that's why I'm thinking. I was telling Josh, the Lord has been so patient with us. And I said, Lord, when are you going to lift your hand? And and that's why I believe to to kind of conclude this whole thing of what mm-hmm. we're about. Our time is short. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Very short. No, it is. It's immediate. Yep. And then I think, too, the maturity of the body is so important right Mm -hmm. now. The maturity of the bride of Christ is so important because our time is short. And the one thing that unites the church better than anything in the world is what? 
persecution. Mm-hmm. And we are coming to a time, mm-hmm. and it could be tomorrow, yep. when the church goes underground in America, when we are forced out of these free liberties that we have to mm-hmm. gather together in freedom, that can be snatched from us in a moment. And so we we are trying to create this urgency for people to be on the alert. Mm-hmm. Because the Lord has promised that he's coming back and, and he has not promised beautiful, comfortable church for yeah. us all the time. Yeah. Here. The time is coming where persecution is is just around the corner and that is what's mm. going to drive the body together and it's also going to get rid of the wolves and the goats. What did you say when you preached a couple months back? Feed the sheep, starve the goats, shoot, shoot the, the wolves. wolves. Yeah, yeah. And, th- and there's a lot of those in the church right now and I believe that, that there's a time coming where it's going to go. Um, and you know, church, you need to be encouraged. Whether you're someone who goes, well, I'm pre-trib or not, or you're all millennial, post-trib, all that stuff. It's about Christ. I love what Josh just said in the start. It's about Jesus. Where I'm going to go to church, I'm going to do it. It's about Jesus. I just really had the heart out of both of you guys today. I know myself and Isaac were definitely encouraged by this and maybe even the pugs who are hopefully not making you tear <laughs> up. But guys, more practically, um, so how does someone, first of all, get a hold of you, Justin, online? How can they follow you? Yeah. What is the, is there an Instagram or something? Yeah. You can go to my personal Instagram, Justin Ungerware. I know it's kind yeah. of cheesy. You said to say that in the yeah. microphone. <laughs> Justin Unger music as well. And yeah. then you can go to likewiseworship.com as our yeah. website. If you're a worship pastor and you want to become part of our network of yeah. leaders, likewiseworship.com and go to the join page and you can join and we will get you plugged in on how we can serve you and get mm-hmm. you coming to our retreats and then Instagram and Facebook as well. Likewise, worship collective. And, and then Josh, for you, Josh. Uh, yeah. So I mean, uh, I get all anything through the website is is sent to, to my email, okay. so I get to be in contact with everybody, which is <laughs> amazing. And, and and if you're listening to this and you're a worship pastor mm. that even lives, you know, in Maine at the tip of the yeah, if you're even feeling Maine. if you're feeling burnt out. Um, <laughs> reach out to us because yeah. there's a community of people that would love to to spend some time with you. So We, we even have some friends in Africa that are yeah. training worship leaders. Um, I think we pronounce his name Bewire. Or yeah, Be- we, we Facebook message. Yeah, and so... It's cool. Yeah, we have some worship leading friends in Africa as well. So all around the world, if you're hearing this. If you're able to. Yeah. Well, guys, I just want to say, you know, that I, I trust these guys with uh, my heart, with what they're doing. I've had a beautiful time doing ministry, and we've seen amazing things. Uh, like Justin said, I've never got to sit through all the things they're doing. Um, I'm part of a lot of it, but it's encouraged people. It's blessed people. And my thing is just seeing people come through the storm, walk with the Lord, hear the word of God. Hopefully you got a lot of that. But in closing up today, would one of you guys mind just praying for the guy that's driving, that's over it, and the pastor that's done, the Christian that's like, you know what, I'm just, I'm just, just someone that's burned out. Whoever's listening right now, bless yeah, them. Absolutely, let's pray. And so, Father, we thank you so much for the opportunity to talk about you in freedom, and Lord, that we get to uh, be in your presence, that we are in the presence of the Most High, Holy God, Creator of heaven and earth. What an incredible honor that is. I pray in the name of Jesus for all of those who are listening right now that you would uh, put a fire in their hearts. Give them an urgency for the gospel. Remind them that their time is short and that you have an incredible plan for their lives and for their the journey and adventure that they're on and that you are completely aware of every struggle, every challenge in their 
life, Lord. I pray specifically for those in leadership in churches, Lord. I pray that they wouldn't grow weary, also that they wouldn't become lazy, but that they would be ready knowing that you are coming soon. So give all of our church leaders, pastors, elders, an urgency for the gospel as well, Lord. And we thank you so much for Jesus and the freedom that we found in him. And Lord, I pray that we would uh, just keep our focus on on, on him and, and connected to your word through your spirit, Lord. And, and uh, pray that we would uh, really depend on and lean into your word that will kill and defeat this enemy that is trying to take down the church in America, Lord. We love you. We thank you for your church. We're so honored to be able to be here and talk about it. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thanks, you guys, so much for being with us. Hit them up. Be blessed. We love you guys. This is the Foolishness Podcast. See you all soon or in heaven. Amen. in the desert consumed by the lie that we crave hopeless in need of redemption you have made a way there is an ocean of grace a well that will not run dry will not run dry there is a fire that burns a love that will satisfy, you satisfy. Oh, all that we ever have needed is found in Christ. Restore us the joy of salvation. And lead us to walk in your light Oh, make us alive by your Spirit Be our one delight There is an ocean of grace A well that will not run dry Will not run dry There is a fire that burns A love that will satisfy you satisfy Oh, all that we ever have needed Is found in Christ From sorrow to laughter From mourning to gladness Your mercy has covered us all From bondage to freedom We stand in your kingdom For we From sorrow to laughter, from mourning to gladness, your mercy has covered us all. From bondage to freedom, we stand in your kingdom, for we are the people of God. There is an ocean of grace, a well that will not run dry, will not run dry. There is a fire that burns, a love that will satisfy, 
Awesome, you guys, and that is one of my son Jude's favorite worship songs. He sings the whole thing. Check out what Justin and Josh are doing over at Likewise Worship. Again, this is Brian Sumner with the Foolishness Podcast. Check out the ministry of missions, marriages, and ministry over at briansumner.net. Consider getting involved. Help let us fare to the kingdom across the world. There's so much the Lord is doing. It's all support raised. God bless you guys. Hit us up with any concerns or prayer needs. We're available. Love you guys. God bless. This has been brought to you by the One Story Podcast. Tonight, I have-